Welcome to He's Dead, Jim, the podcast where we normally travel back through Star Trek, the original series, one episode at a time. Uh, but this week I'm on holidays at the Kosamui International Podcast Festival. And uh, sitting by the pool, who should I bump into but New York listener Linda Moulton. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we won't tell anyone that we just um, did an episode and I didn't record it properly. That's, that's okay. <laughs> Every podcaster apparently does that at least once. It's Hey, you know what? It's Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's it's it's. Uh, I shouldn't complain. We're sitting by the pool. It's happy hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drinking a strawberry daiquiri. And Linda, what are you drinking there again? Uh, I'm drinking a Thai Sabai. Nice. Which is a uh, Thai rum, uh, soda, a little bit of basil, and um, some lime juice. It's uh, pretty refreshing. So basically, we've had a pretty hard life this week. It's been, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been rough. rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're here for the, the podcast festival, and we've got a few um, few podcasts on the bill this year. We've got the yeah. dollop and... Um, the Little Dum Dum Club, of course, mm-hmm. that organised this from Australia. And uh, who else? We're gonna, we've got a bonus one tonight as well. Uh, Journey to Nowhere. Journey to Nowhere with Nick Kappa. So cool. Yeah, Kappa and... Uh, yeah, Jeremy Webb, I think. Yeah, so. We're having fun. Who's it's... currently in the pool right now. We're spying on him. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Cameo. Not to sound creepy. <laughs> Linda, you... Uh, it took you five or ten flights to get here? Four. 20, four flights. Four, four separate flights. Four separate flights and a five-hour drive. Forgot wow. about that one. Yeah. That, that's I, commitment to podcasting. Um, yeah, because my sketch group was doing a show in Washington, D.C., but I flew out of New York. <laughs> we are recording. Yeah, sorry. Just paranoia this <laughs> time. Okay. We are recording. You flew um, out of New York. I flew out of New York, but... Uh, the day before I was supposed to leave, we were doing a show in D.C., so I had to drive down for that, drive back to New York. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to do the festival, and it just, the day before, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, be in D.C. by uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, so. Man, that's dedication. Dedication or insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you came. Anyway, it's, and it's, it's awesome to finally meet you. Same. Um, now, you've been listening patiently while every week we arm and ar about star dates and we go, oh, we just speculate wildly. We could Google it. There, there's this thing called the internet now that has the answers, but we're like, no, we'll just... We'll they didn't just... have it in the 60s, so why would you look... Why would you have it now? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so you've been patiently putting up with us while we wildly speculate and yes. you're here to shed some light on the stardates just from like just from my perspective um so basically with the stardates initially from all the information that i gathered in the original series it's done by the century that the series that the episode is taking place in um so time travel included um the month of that particular year and then the day of that year so say if if it was June 17th, like today, it wouldn't necessarily be 617 or 716. It would be where June 17th falls on the 365. Like, that seemed to be the general consensus. Um, however, going back to a couple of other episodes, even though there was, uh, as I found, like, a guideline that the writers were supposed to follow when they were writing the start date, it didn't necessarily play into that um some episodes chronologically 
happened earlier or later than they were supposed to. Some episode. We've got a sound check going yep. on behind us. That's cool. <laughs> um, there was one episode that uh, Memory Alpha, the Star Trek Wikipedia page, um, said that Kirk would have been 16 days old in the 23rd century. So that's ah, just the way so it played out. doesn't work out. <laughs> it also kind of like it helped out because there were a couple of episodes where it may have been Thanksgiving in the original series. Could have been Christmas, stuff like that. Um, it could be flexible without being too specific so not to offend um not to offend anyone um basically the enemy of the war on christmas oh there you go yeah one of those situations yep so um basically for somebody like me that's a bit slow after a week with um cheap cocktails in yeah tropical paradise um so we've got the first four digits so if we break it down the first to uh the century mm-hmm. so we're in the 23rd century it should be 23 yep all of this series that we're doing at the moment should start with 23. Yeah. Except the ones we've had lately are 27, so people are just making stuff up. The next two digits are the year, and then after the, the dot, then the we've day. got the day yeah. of the year. Perfect. I had to look that up um, when I was writing a sketch on based on Star Trek. And rather than just like doing a random assortment of numbers, like, Stardate 0438... <laughs> So, so the the um, sketch you're writing is is Stardate accurate. I wanted to make it as Stardate accurate Wonderful. as possible because that's the kind of nerd that I am. We needed you in the writers' room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the sketch you're writing that's that's for your comedy group. It was yeah. for it was for the sketch for the sketch group. It's never been performed, um, just due to a lot of rewrites and visions gone awry. Which happens when you're in a comedy group with a lot of people, and yep. especially other writers, um, some of whom have, most of whom have never seen Star Trek before or seen, ever seen an episode. Oh so, wow, we need to yeah. fix that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and it basically boiled down to a classic time travel episode where instead of going off to an alien planet, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy find themselves at a seedy nightclub in New Jersey where they get mistaken for the strippers at a bachelorette party. <laughs> <laughs> And then it was just like a vision. It was a conflict of vision where it was whether it was going to be McCoy basically saying, "I'm not a damn it, I'm a doctor, not a stripper." <laughs> um, and then, uh, or was it just going to be we wanted to see Spock strip? Uh, ironically, all the male writers in the group wanted to see Spock, to see Spock strip. Yeah. I see. There you and go. <laughs> I was just arguing via practicality and. I think I literally said one time in a meeting, um, listen, it's a two-minute sketch. We can't have you stripping on stage because it's not going to be feasible to do in a live show. If you, <laughs> if you think you can um, strip on stage in two minutes and get changed back, then I feel sorry for your girlfriends. <laughs> I think I said that. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of, a lot of <laughs> stripping going on in sketch groups. Is, it, am I right? It, it depends. <laughs> Hear a lot about people talking about their college reviews they had back in the day, law society reviews and medical school reviews. They seem to be they just want to get get naked for some reason. (laughs) That's a sketch in and of itself. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's still a work in progress. There you go. Well, you have to let us know when this sketch premieres. I definitely must happen now. Definitely will. And. 
we've got any New York listeners that might want to duck along, we'll have to organise an official event. <laughs> so 301 Views? Yeah. And uh, where, do you, where do you perform normally? Uh, the People's Improv Theatre. Very cool. In... Uh, uh, in Manhattan. In Manhattan. Yeah. People's Improv Theatre. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. Man, awesome. We'll have to check it out. Um, I, I one day do hope to get to New York. Nice. That's next. Next holiday. <laughs> well, that's where uh, Emily lives too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to finally meet in person. Nice. Oh, really? No, we've never met in person. No. Shit. We go way back. We're internet oh. pals way back. Awesome. That's the way of the world. Um, yay podcasts. Yay, that's <laughs> it. What was I going to say? Um, oh, shout out to Emily, by the way. Hi, Emily. Uh, which I've been rubbing it in all week, just sending it. <laughs> <laughs> Photos of paradise. I'm a terrible person. Um, but then also with the star dates, um, you did mention that you're on 27 right now yeah. at the moment. We've had a few episodes in a row that have all been 27. I feel so. like with the, um, they kind of worked it out continuity-wise by Next Generation, though, and... Someone also, I was, after I mentioned that to you, like with the date and um, just the decimal point situation, they, uh, the reboot more so follows my original description. So that's kind of on me uh, for mixing that up. Um, <laughs> next, it's it's like the hokey pokey with the it way is it the- is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to get some exercise and here it's just pivoting know, from the wind. yeah. Um, next, uh, next generation was a little bit, there goes my hat. (laughs) I have a very classy cowboy hat that says Thailand on the front. (laughs) And I've I've got an elephant sanctuary hat on. Nice. Oh, we haven't talked about that. We went and saw elephants a couple of days ago. We did. Rescued elephants that are happy and well looked after. Mm -hmm. I cried (laughs) before, before we even went to see them. Just reading their their backstory. Oh man, I was reading all these posters that they had, and then I turn around and Nick's like, "You okay?" <laughs> so there you go. Um, but no, it was super cool. We got to feed feed elephants. And... Mm-hmm. Every single group had like their own little elephant whisperer that just would completely blow off anyone else in the group <laughs> and just focus on them. And yeah. I, I got a couple of really good photos of. Um, our elephant whisper just like all smiles and it just yeah. it was the best thing ever yeah they must be a good judge of character these elephants oh totally <laughs> and they're kind of it's it's they're kind of alien too like you're just you're walking around like these mountains in tropical uh southern thailand and then you turn a corner all of a sudden there's this 10 foot tall like Elephant. It's amazing. <laughs> the, there's there's no barrier. You just walk up and feed it a banana. Yeah, it was a bit intimidating. I sort of I ran out of bananas, and the elephant just sort of kept coming toward me closer and closer. Like, <laughs> they're here somewhere. It's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I think the uh, the tropical storms come up a bit, <laughs> so we might we might look to winding up. That's um, okay. So you're. Your favorite uh, favorite series was um, definitely the original. Nice, definitely. and your favorite captain then? Definitely Kirk. Nice. It's good to get a Kirk fan on. But it's it's kind of weird because Kirk is my favorite captain, but um, ultimately favorite character. I gotta go with McCoy. Gotta go. Nice. I will. Um, I will defend that man to the death. 
uh, I was I, I remember the first episode of when you guys were talking about him his potential racism towards Spock yeah I, I was getting very angry and I was like but he he's not a racist <laughs> he just doesn't like aliens <laughs> isn't that the definition of a racist <laughs> Aliens as in beings from another planet. <laughs> but even then, he'll still treat... Vulcan, Vulcans are a race? He'll still treat them. Yeah, yep. It's and just... Uh... It's just... but And I think I made an argument. I tried to make an argument that maybe it was because chronologically, which doesn't make sense based on our start date <laughs> discussion... Still recording? Still recording. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm super paranoid it's now. Okay. This is good. It's been um, a good lesson. Well, based on our starting discussion, maybe he was just a little bit scarred after the salt monster incident. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, it was pre pre discovery of Romulan ale. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, so you um, you grew up in Georgia. I grew up in Georgia. We moved. As to, did McCoy. Yes, he did. Um, we moved to Florida when I was about four years old. Uh, but it still was kind of, we'd go back and visit. It still kind of is a little bit near and dear to my heart. My, um, my older sister still will have a very thick Georgia accent. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, still to this day. Yeah. Yep. Especially when she's had a little bit to drink. (laughs) Very cool. So do you have any, have have you met any Georgia characters in real life? Any Georgian people that, is is Georgian the right the right word. <laughs> it is. It's. Um, Have you met any McCoys? There's. See, the thing is, uh, with a lot of American Southerners, there's a tendency to. There's a couple of different character tropes. You can have like someone who's a little bit fake and a little bit all smiles and just very much like they'll they'll go like, "Oh, bless your heart," but they'll they'll like talk shit about you behind <laughs> behind your back um if like if anyone's ever watched real housewives of atlanta that's an example um there's also people that are just like they're very they're very like no nonsense very like very passionate but like let's let's get let's get this done let's get this done um not like the get her done but just <laughs> just very focused and very practical and it just comes from like you know, maybe living in a rural area that it's that you have to make do with that. And you have, you don't have a lot of infrastructure. You have to use what you're given and just deal with it. And that's kind of where McCoy comes from in my mindset. And that's, um, especially I, the area where I was born and grew up in until I was four. Um, that was very much one of those areas to begin with. And so a lot of pediatricians that I had growing up, a lot of, family friends were like that and it just kind of in my mind brought that back and it was just like yeah i like those people better than the fake ones nice so so less bullshit or no bullshit basically exactly that's yeah that sounds that does sound like the the kind of climate that would make a good doctor exactly or a good yeah and I, I like that in McCoy about how even though he's got all this wonderful medical technology, he'll still take out the paddle pop and check somebody's tonsils yeah. <laughs> and get a visual. He's, yeah, absolutely. Like in um, the journey home, when they're trying to find Chekhov, he sees this poor woman who's on dialysis, and he's just like, "Nope, take this pill." <laughs> and wonderful. even though even though it's a pill that can grow a kidney, rather than like doing one of those examinations, he knows exactly what's up based on his training and just a good country doctor 
Exactly. Nice. Perfect. And you really needed that, like, with the original series. Like, someone who may have had, like, everything was going wrong against them. You were going to be like, this is a guy that I hate. This is a guy who could be, like, that racist southerner that no one likes that we're trying to get out of in the era of the 60s. And, but he was, I mean, he was he's one of my favorites. He was a fan favorite. I, I remember tearing up uh, when I started watching the reboot series. Because I, I grew up watching Star Trek, kind of grew out of it, and then got back into it um, right around 2009 when uh, the first reboot came out, reading a lot of information about um, the original series and hearing stories about how DeForest Kelly would go to conventions and meet people that went to med school purely based on watching McCoy. And that just... I started to tear up. It's amazing, isn't it? Right? He's, he's, he's such a charming character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think whenever, well, definitely whenever I have a go at him, it's, it's out of love. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've, and I, I love to see the, the progress as we get toward the later movies where we just see him and Spock are good pals. They go through a lot by the end of the movies. There's a little bit... There's a bit of a, a mind yeah. meld. And, oh, my God. There's a little bit more of that in... Um, the reboot too, and I don't know if that's just like choices that Carl Urban's made, but it's just, it's just cheeky. It's it gets it's cheeky right fun, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's funny. That's, that's the best way to describe it. It's cheeky, and that's and he's not. There's no malice in it. He's just he's just a he's a fun cantankerous old country yes. country doctor. I think, <laughs> and it's just it's a joy to watch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're very lucky to. Very, very lucky to have had DeForest Kelly in Star Trek. Oh man, and he just oh, it. I I think I remember um, when the reboot came out. I was kind of like looking up a lot of the original actors, and I was like, okay, Walter Koenig's still alive. Maybe there's a chance I can meet him. Um, uh, Leonard Nimoy at the time was still alive. William Shatner, and I was like, DeForest Kelly. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> just just like the nerd, but it's it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very lucky to have yeah, I, it, such it, a. It's. It, it was one. It also was one of those perfect casting situations. Like you couldn't have had anyone else at that time play play Bones. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard people describe them as the holy trinity of Kirk and Spock and McCoy, oh, and just to see the way they interact. And well, uh, because you have, um, you've got the very like. You've got the very stoic Spock, like non-emotional, whatever. McCoy, who's very, very emotional, very passionate. Um, he's got like that southern crankiness, like. Yeah. And then Kirk is kind of a—he's a good middle ground, and that's why I really like him as my favorite captain. Yeah. Pretty much, like he's a good balance between the two of them. Yeah. They're all friends at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. And it's just interesting, yeah, to see how they how their interactions play out it's a bit like the not not quite the angel and the devil on your shoulder but um kind of like yeah the both sides of Mm -hmm. three's a company yeah three's company yeah yeah that's it so yeah the logic and the the passion Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason too yeah yeah that's right um I think it's starting to rain. Yeah, so, so, unfortunately, <laughs> our um, easy gonna... life by the pool is, 
might have to come to a... We're not going to learn why I was uh, terrified of Tribbles. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, well, the special last episode. <laughs> maybe we've got a second to hear about that. Oh, no. <laughs> so, basically, I grew up... Watch- I kind of grew up with Star Trek in the background uh, in the early 90s. My mom used to watch it when she was pregnant with me and just... I, I'm not sure how that works with, like, baby... You're, you're a dad, so you probably read all the literature on listening to... Stuff like that. No. no. People that have heard this podcast enough would know, no, I don't I don't bother to do my homework. Never mind it. <laughs> I'll, 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 just, I'll just go with the flow. Um, um, but yeah, so you've, you've got Starfleet DNA then. Pretty I'm, much. I'm assuming that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Destined to be a, a Starship officer. Um, but uh, I remember just listening to watching so many and kind of just in the background so many original series episodes um anytime a catalyst was introduced in an episode you knew that that something was something was going to go to shit basically and of course the triple episode of course in my mindset it's the triples they're evil they're going to they're something's going to go wrong like they're going to end up being vicious cannibalistic animals that are going to eat everyone. I think it was the scene where Kirk opens up the silo and they all just fall down on him, (laughs) which is a comical scene. It's supposed to be funny. And all I could think was he's going to die. It is. It is pretty frightening. I I wonder in like the people that were the crew or whatever that were throwing the tribbles down at them. I wonder if there's one or two that, that might've, put a bit of extra effort into the throw. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, yeah. You know, find out who your friends are on the crew then. <laughs> oh, jeez. But my mom basically had to remind me. She's like, no, 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 Linda, Linda, triples are good. They're good. They're not going to kill you. They're not going to wow. kill you. They're just like your pet guinea pig. <laughs> so how, how are you going with your traumatic fear of triples? It's, it's completely done with. Wonderful. Full They're, circle. Oh, yeah. Triples are greater than porgs. In my mind right now. <laughs> Controversy grenade. I, I I stand by it. Um, Emily will fight you, I think. On that. Oh no! <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to see. Um, and we're in the same city too. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Big Pog fan. She doesn't there. know where I live. So yeah, any Star Wars fans there? Write in. <laughs> who's better, Tribbles or Pogs? <laughs> we could start a massive, oh, massive man, rivalry. No. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks so much. It's, it's been great to meet yeah. you and, and great to ch- get the chance to hang out. It's been great to meet you too. In, uh, in this, uh, I mean, it's been a tough week by the beach. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, uh, we got to get out of the rain. we got to get out of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, guys. Um, so we'll get back to normal episodes very shortly once I get uh, done with traveling around. Uh, and we'll, we'll have to have you back on, Linda. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me okay, on. Cheers. This is great. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>